Hey everyone, welcome back to Creative BTS. This is Brian Boucher, and today we have a very special guest, Nat Balda, Senior Social Manager at Amazon Prime Video. She's waving even though this is on audio. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. A hot start already. Thank you for calling me out on this. That's great. Yeah, I am. Come at me, you know? Like, I am the person that waves on Zoom calls. I am too. It's fine. Just a little, actually, I'm now the person who just never turns on the video. I'm just, it's exhausting. Exactly. That's me. And I like, I don't turn it on because people like you call me out for waving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm now, I I was very friendly at the start of the pandemic, always video on, always would wave goodbye. And now I'm just like, all right, like uh, the video's off. I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm tired of people looking at me. Same. And like, to be a hundred percent honest, I feel like, um, social managers have like gone through a lot this year so like i'm not gonna lie a lot of times i'm rolling out of bed you know like yeah really like make it to the call so like no i don't want you to see like sheets on my face you know? <laughs> yes totally understand okay. but let's get into it a little bit because you have done social media at a number of different entertainment and media companies now so if you just want to talk a little bit intro yourself to the audience what do you do if they don't already know you on twitter because you're all over twitter and we have this little marketing twitter community now but yeah introduce yourself what's uh, been your journey through the entertainment industry been like sure. um i started at an agency back in miami they were basically looking for someone to launch the Mexican version of the Jersey Shore, Sacapulco Shore. Nice. Um, I got to work with uh, MTV to do like the whole campaign, right? This was back in like, I think 2013 or something like wow. that. Um, got to like, I was like a one man show. I was like editing videos, like doing the graphic design, doing the analytics, like coming up with a strategy, like, you yeah. know, like, all of it. Plus like account managing, plus like everything, like the timesheets, everything, right? Yep. Um, and it was a lot. But I think it was like, this is where I really got hooked on everything because it was a weekly release, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never worked in entertainment, always a fan of entertainment, but never really worked on it. Um, and having a weekly release and seeing people react real time to like what you're posting, right? So like live tweets and that were like yeah. huge. Um, it was just super fun. And I got like kind of like hooked into it. Um, and like, I think like a year and a half into it, um, I got a call from HBO and they were like, hey, we need like, a specialist to like lead like all of Latin America, like including like Brazil. And I was like, I don't speak Portuguese, but like, thank you. <laughs> Good. Um, so I got to go like lead like a tiny team, really. It was like, I think three or four people um, learn Portuguese while I was at it. Cause wow. like, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and it was like, I learned mostly through community management, right? Through like seeing content calendars and like what people were doing. Um, yeah, like it was like super fun. It was super interesting because I went from like weekly release to another weekly release. But the thing is that at MTV, I had most of the information before. So in Game of Thrones, I didn't. So I had to like yeah. literally like go on Sundays to the office, one screen on the right side, one on the left, right? It was like real time watching and like yeah. live reading, one screen in Spanish, one in Portuguese. And like us, like trying to understand, like hear the audio in English to try to like translate real time, you yeah, know? Because they couldn't leak anything, right? You, you would have no, nothing ahead of time. Right. So like, for example, like when Jon Snow, like, like spoiler alert. for I, I, At this point, there's no spoilers. It be, but like, I like Twitter can come at you for like spoilers. Like <laughs> when Jon Snow, like um, came back to life, I think in like season six, episode two or something like that. Who know who remembers, you know? <laughs> who like, yeah, who uh, knows the exact episode date? Minute five, like with seven <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Um uh I actually found out real time. So it was like 
our whole team like screaming in a room, you know, yeah. and try to like, Oh, that's so fun. Awesome. Um, and from then, from there, I got a call from Netflix. Um, and it was kind of like, do I want to move to California? Like, I'm not really mm -hmm. sure. I'm really happy, like leading this. And it was basically like the same thing. Right. But they wanted me to come, come out to LA and do, um, global originals. So all of the global originals at Netflix. So think like stranger things and house of cards and all those things, but like focused in the region. So focus in Latin yeah. America and Brazil. Um, and I wasn't really sure, but like um, this one guy called me and he was like, you know, let me tell you why this is the best decision you're ever going to make in your life. And like, I was kind of sold from there. Um, and that building in, in Hollywood. Oh my God. Awesome. It's awesome. Like, I visited I, a friend there and I'm like in the cafeteria on the roof and I'm just like, what, how can they not convince people to work here? This is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, and I also think like, like the freedom that they give you to work, like allowed me to do a lot of really good work. So I was there for like two and some years, um, did like some really fun stuff for like Latin America mostly. Um, but then I wanted to like move on to like the global part of it all, right? Like yeah. it's going to do bigger things, I guess. Um, and Amazon came through and they were like, so Lord of the Rings, biggest entertainment like title ever. Like, do you want to come do it? And I was like, yeah. So like, uh, started launching by launching those handles, um, ended up moving on to like another franchise title that's called Wheel of Time. And eventually mm -hmm. like those titles were so far away and I needed, like, I, I need to do things like real time, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can I please get something that's like more immediate? And they were like, sure, <laughs> take on the boys. And I was like, no big deal. Sure. So I took on the boys between season one, um, right after season one launched, um, and basically like worked on it this year. And it has to be like one of the funnest campaigns I've ever done. It was amazing. It was and fun. It was so much fun. I watched it. That This was such a good series to get into in the pandemic lockdown. It was. It was messed up. It was messed up. And like, yeah. you know, like I think I've watched every episode like at least like 15 times, you know, but like watching it, like seeing people respond real time, like react <laughs> real time. Um, it was a lot of fun. It's just, just like, the, like the intersection with like culture and like everything going on, you know, like it was yeah. so perfect. It was so much fun to work on that. And like the audience is like one of my favorite audiences I've ever worked on with. Ooh, that's well, we can go into that. Like different cultures for the different shows. I hadn't even thought of that. Right. Right. So you got to think like every show is like a brand itself and every show has yeah. a fandom. Right. So like things like stranger things, like there's so many things that you can do on that show that just like, mm -hmm you know, like it just wakes that audience up. For the boys, it was this thing like, I don't know, it was like a small but vocal audience. And it, like, it wasn't yeah. really that big. When I took over, I think it was like 45,000 followers on Twitter, maybe mm -hmm. like a couple hundred thousand on Instagram. By the end of the campaign, like we closed at like 200,000 followers on Twitter, yeah. like, you know, 700,000 plus on Instagram and like all organic, like it was just all done through memes and like community management. So it was it was a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you've been HBO, Netflix, Amazon, so not, not too shabby working through the entertainment industry. <laughs> a lot yeah. of good opportunities. Yeah. What, bad. what do you really appreciate about social and in, in entertainment? What kind of keeps you in the industry and kind of what do you see as its role? Well, I think it's interesting. I think social plays a huge role in anything in entertainment, right? So like mm -hmm. think about, I think you can build a really big marketing campaign and obviously social is going to be a part of it because like yeah. social. Uh, but things, for example, like The Queen's Gambit. Did you watch that show? Yeah. All right. So or I'm, I'm, I'm currently watching. 
It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. such a good show. They basically like did no marketing. There's no social pages yeah. for it. There's like nothing, right? It was just literally people watching the show, getting mm-hmm. it served on the platform, watching it, and then tweeting about it. And yeah. that like that made the show like take off immediately. Like yeah. now it's like what one of the most watched shows this year on Netflix. Definitely, yeah, I saw that. I also like don't quote me on that because I don't have actual like, <laughs> numbers, like it's ridiculous, right? So like yeah. I think social plays a huge role in entertainment, a huge role, like. Think about it, the, the way I think about it is more like, like you can do a really solid so- social campaign, but when people actually start talking or tweeting about it, that's like when you know, like you kind of made it. Cause like yep. your job from then on is kind of like to keep that conversation going, but like your real like ambassadors are like your followers. So like, yeah. as as I'm happy. Like, well, that's what I was going to ask you. So when you, you have all of these different brands, so you're treating all these different shows, these different you know, series as their own brands, what's the role of that brand account? Is it to foster that conversation? Do you have any other goals that you, that you kind of establish upfront with those shows? So there's, I think, I think it depends a lot on like the, the, the titles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's some shows that are like purely awards play, for example. So everything yeah. you do is like, FYC campaign, like so you right? have a different target customer than maybe, yeah. or you have a different audience than you Within do for, for other shows. Show, right? yeah. So then there's a lot of things you do for talent and for like EPs, like the producers, like the showrunners, you know, like there's a lot of things you do for them. And then there's a lot of things you do for the fandom. I think, um, yeah, I think like there's, within each show, there's like a hundred different like audiences that you're servicing. But um, I think the most important one is the fans. Like, everything you do should just be like focused or like how I try to like lead my campaigns is everything I do is like more, more like focus on like fueling like the yeah. fandom. So it's a lot of social listening and like reacting like real time to try to like get them to like have those conversations and like keep talking about whatever it is that they're hooked on. Yeah. Well, we just marketing brew just did a case study on how GIFs or GIFs are you GIFs or GIFs? What team are you on? Oh, I'm gifts, but I'm yeah, also- I think it's gifts too. I say gifts just to annoy my, uh, my wife. So it, it, I'll it say gifts. It makes me cringe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Jiffy. It's Giphy. Um, so it's just okay. about the case study of using Giphy as that search platform. And what I, you know, the response on Twitter has been crazy. There are so many threads right now of people giving case studies of how they used uh, gifts in their entertainment launch strategy and oh. using that as a part to drive the conversation. I want to react with those different show titles and the different scenes that I love. And uh, like you just said that you did a ton of those. Uh, Why didn't Quibi do that? Because I loved Agua Donkeys and I didn't have any gifts about it. And it drove me crazy. It really does help. The gift creation does help. It does. It does. So yes, we created a lot of gifts like every week. So every episode, as soon as it came out, we made them public and like people would react. And because like we understood the audience. You're feeling the fire. You're arming me with my tools to be funny about the show. Thank you. Exactly. Um, why didn't Quibi do it? I don't know, but I also don't understand a lot of things about Quibi. Like True. I wanted them to succeed so much. I know. I did too. Uh, I watched it. I subscribed. I liked the Agua Donkey show I thought was hilarious. My wife and I watched it all the time. It was amazing. But then I would try to like screenshot a GIF and I, or like anything from the show because it was hilarious. Couldn't do it. And it was, you know, I just killed it in its tracks. No one was talking about it. No one was talking about it. It's such a shame. A second it's a shame. Okay, let's take a step back and not go into a Quibi podcast, which would be very easy. <laughs> so 
pretend I know nothing about the entertainment industry, which I, I don't as much. So I'm kind of, I'll be a, a beginner's mind here as I ask you these questions. But uh, for the marketers out there, give them a sense of like, when do these campaigns start? Like in retail, they're like 18 months ahead of their season. B2B software, we're like, you know, a month before because we're shipping so frequently. So what is it like in the entertainment industry when you have like the boys, if you know season two is coming out at a certain time, when does that planning process start and how do you kick that off? I wish I had like a really solid answer for you, but like- <laughs> That's good. That's an answer too. For different audiences, right? So like, if it's something like a movie, um, it probably has like a longer lead campaign. So like sometimes you see trailers for movies that will come out in like a year or so, right? Yep. Um, sometimes there's shows that the trailer goes live like a month before they launch. Shit, sometimes they Beyonce drop shows and just like, you know, the trailer comes out the day the thing launched. So it literally depends on like the priority of the show, I guess, for the platform mm -hmm. or like the audience itself. Like is this, like for example, for Gen Z, like does it make sense for a show that's geared towards Gen Z? Does it make sense to like release a trailer now? They'll forget in a year. Like, you know, yeah. like attention span is like so like short. So like, it really depends on like who you're trying to target and like what, like kind of like what your play is. Um, I'm thinking that the most like solid answer I think I could give you is like most, almost all the campaigns start either the second the title is acquired. So like there's acquisition and originals, right? So like sometimes yeah. studios buy titles from other people and then yep. they start marketing campaigns or there's titles that are like produced like from like day one on the studio. So like basically the second it is acquired or the second that it's been greenlit, you start thinking about like, okay, so what is our plan? What is our strategy? Like, when does the trailer drop? Does it drop a year before? Does it drop like two weeks before? How yeah. do we want to see this campaign? Like, do we open social channels for the title specifically? Do we just lean on the brand accounts? And by brand accounts, I mean like add Netflix, add Prime Video. Yeah. You know? yep. um, like, so do they that, deserve their own accounts or not? Right. And it's not yeah. like even like, do they deserve? It's like, for example, like, uh, let me think of one. I don't know, Borat. I don't think, I don't think they opened a brand, not that many accounts, I guess, but like he had his own account and they just used like his account yeah. and like videos account. They didn't make it like Borat, the second movie. Like, yep, that's, that's fair. But a lot of in, in like in-person activations. Yeah. In London, I saw so many in London too, which were hilarious. Like the mask grabbing and the, oh, it was, that was an incredible campaign. Look, like that, I think that's the other beauty of social for entertainment. Like there's so much you can do and it's all about like, literally it's all about the fandom. Like the more you involve yeah. the fans, the bigger the campaign, the campaign can be. Like it, yeah. it, and sometimes it's just like a tweet of like something like really random that takes off. Like that the fandom handle like it doesn't have to cost like a million dollars. That's what I mean. Like it doesn't have to be like a huge, highly produced trailer. It could just be like a text only tweet, like at 11 PM, like right before you go to sleep and then you wake up and you're like, Oh my God. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so in that process, what is the, you know, where's social at the table there when they're starting or the, the strategy around the campaign? Cause in a lot of industries, social is kind of like, all right, you're kind of an afterthought, like just tweet this stuff out once we're done with the main campaign. But it seems like social entertainment would have a much bigger role. So are you at the table when they're coming up with kind of the overview for the campaign? Usually, yeah. Usually there's a social person sitting at the table and mostly because if you think about it, like if, if you're going to release a trailer for something or like a teaser or like a first look or whatever, it's going to live on social, whether you want it or not. So like 
are you going to give it as an exclusive to deadline or are you going to use it on the your own channels right so like social comes very like social sits at the table from like day one basically to make sure that like we're guide we're given like the right guidance i guess for whatever like step next step in the campaign is yeah okay so you you have a you have a pretty active role there um yeah when I mean, you're actually on the strategy side more than other industries maybe i don't know i think I don't, I, I'm not sure. I Maybe, but I think like there's still like the whole meme around social being like the interns, you know? So like yeah. sitting at the table, but I'm not sure how loud your voices are sometimes. Okay, that's fair. Making progress is, as, as you see, like if it goes off on social, that can literally turn around an entire franchise. Uh, right. Or it can, it, you can boost ocean spray, drinking cranberry juice or whatever it happens to be. Exactly. It can really, it can really change it up. Um, so on that point for, for the actual like social publishing um, and social side of these campaigns, um, I, I'm really interested in the change where a lot of these studios or entertainment companies are releasing to homes directly next year instead of in the theaters. Do you think that's going to change the approach to social around these different trailers or is it kind of just the same thing, just trying to drive more conversation with people at home? I think it's, I could be super wrong. I don't think the approach is going to be different because at the end of the day, what you're trying to encourage is people to watch the show or the film, right? Yep. I do think, I, personally, I love watching things at home. Like I, like, I love movies. I don't love the movie theater experience. I don't know mm. why. But I have friends that are like the biggest- All movie them. theater. Yeah, like it's all like, they, what they miss the most is the movie. So I think there's going to be an interesting conversation from like, people who love the movies, like all the Disney releases, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, Like movies that you're used to watching on the theaters, like having to watch it by yourself, like it's going to be, in, the conversation is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think the release is like, the release of trailers and things like that will change much. I think like social managers are going to have to prepare for a lot more negative sentiment on things they can't control. So yeah. like, I wish I would have seen this in a big screen with like perfect surround sound versus like my computer screen, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the only thing that's going to change, but I could be 100% wrong. We'll come, <laughs> well, back, to, we'll come back to this next year. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's like the live, tw- you're not live tweeting during movies in theaters yeah. where if it's a release at the same time, like Game of Thrones, you're off Twitter until you watch that episode. Right. Um, so it might drive more of the real-time conversations around it just because people are actually at home watching. Um, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see the change. But uh, Here's a here's a great question for you. Do you prefer when it's the Game of Thrones style where it's week by week or the binge watch drop all at once from a social perspective? Ooh, uh, it depends on where my ego falls, I guess. Okay, like, explain. Weekly, yeah, so like when it's binge, there's a huge spike. If the show's really good, think about yeah. like, I don't know, if Stranger well, Stranger drops, Things. Yeah, let's say Stranger drops like tomorrow, right? The conversation is going to be huge for the next like two weeks or so. And then yep. it's going to start like going down. Where you have weekly, you have eight to 10 weeks of like peaks every weekend of people like going wild. And you get to dive a lot more into like the little like nuances that happen in every episode. So like all yep. the cliffhangers, all the jokes, like you get to like enjoy them a lot more. Um, and at the end of the day, an eight week like spike type of thing will give you way higher conversation than like a yeah. big- so like if it comes to ego weekly, cause like 
I get to like mess around more with like my titles and like I get bigger numbers at the end. Um, from a consumer point of view, I you love LinkedIn. Yeah, I love. <laughs> so like I like, I understand. I like I understand both, but yeah. I love I love the weekly too. I I want to have like the cultural conversation around it. Like the last dance this summer where it was every week, every, you know, every Sunday you could look forward to it. And then it drove a whole week of conversation about those episodes. You can go deep. You had a fresh set of memes every Monday morning that you could do for the entire week. And then you had it again. It just, it feels like it resonates so much more, but I'm saying that we're like stranger things. That's just like such a big impact too. So it just seems like the weekly drives so much more interest than just the all at once binge. I think, I think it's the way the the show is shot also, right? Like if you're going to do it weekly, um, I don't know, but from my perspective, like Stranger Things is like a really long movie, right? Like yeah, it plays really well together, right? But something like The Last Dance, like you need you need to like be able to understand what just happened, what you just watched, like, yeah. you know, like react to what you were seeing, like the memes and all these things. Like, so I think it serves a purpose for different titles, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's so interesting on the social side where it's like I, I I was curious like it's interesting to know that you get a lot more when it's weekly in a volume, lot. but it's like a huge spike all at once. So yeah. I mean, I'm sure that plays into your campaign strategy as well, knowing that you'll get that spike and then it'll be gone. Right, right. And then like the interesting thing is like, of course, like you always get asked of like trying to keep that peak high, but like you can clearly see it decrease by like yeah. Monday or something, right? So like then it's interesting to try to like play with different formats and different like type of content that can give you an extra little spike on Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, like release some BTS or like, you know, yep. Yep. anything that would just like get those spikes. And like, that's where ego comes in too. Cause you're like, Oh, I did it right. You know, like they yeah. react like, this is awesome. Versus like weeks where you were like, Oh man, I guess no. What's it, what's it like going viral consistently and just getting all of those notifications come through? Uh, anxiety inducing really <laughs> well <laughs> like i'm I, just imagining the game of thrones tweet where Jon snow dies like i cannot like does it just break your phone it, yes and you learn very quickly to turn off notifications yeah um but yeah i mean it just it gets to a point when there's things like that um i've learned that it's a lot better to not lean into it and just let people freak out on their own so like it's it's really, it's really awesome, like to see people that you know, like are such big fans, react the way you wanted them to, and yeah. like you, you should just let it be, you know. But yeah, your phone, your notifications, like, go, it's wild, like definitely, like turned off notifications. Yeah, and and just, I mean, everyone that listens to this knows interns don't run these accounts. Uh, this is a huge part of the marketing profession. But I'm interested, is it just you running all the accounts? What does the team behind you, these shows usually look like? Like actually have the like login, uh, you know, password login materials where they can actually start managing it. Right, so again, I wish I could give you like a real like solid answer, but it depends on every title. For The Voice specifically, um, I, I was the one that had the logins uh, on the Amazon side mm-hmm. and I was very much like active on there. Like I would like literally like tweet before I would go to bed and like, yeah. first thing in the morning and like was like on there all day but then there were like three or four people on the agency side that were like they're fantastic like literally yeah. like i like one of the guys was like my like literally we had the same brain so like everything we were doing was the same um but yeah there's like around i would say like 
a good like six to eight people total like have access to the account, which then gets for weird. each show yeah. too. For each show, yeah, like yeah. it depends. It depends how comfortable, like as the lead of the show, do you feel like to give a lot of people access? Because then there's like, believe it or not, there's, there's butt dials too. Oh, like, I'm sure. Like, so you accidentally like a tweet that you shouldn't have liked, or like you know, so like things like that get really complicated. So it's kind of like, all right, let's keep it tight. But yeah. There's usually a lot of people logged in. And then do you have a schedule set before typically? Or are you doing things in the moment? Like I can just imagine if you have six people, one person's posting this before bed, the other's doing the same. Like how do you coordinate actually who does it at what time? So, so for us, there were six people because I was very, it, I wanted to make sure that this, like we engage with the, like, our, like the community, I guess, like globally. Um, and I would tweet in Spanish and Portuguese and like someone would tweet in French. So like it was a lot more people just because like we had a lot more languages to work with. So we wanted- each language has their own account? No, no, it, it was the oh, same okay. account. We all logged into the same account, but we would like respond to like Spanish streets in Spanish. Got and it, got it, it. Makes tone, sense. Right? So that's why there were so many people on it. Um, I forgot the question. (laughs) (laughs) No, is there a schedule? Like, do you say like, hey, we're doing six tweets a day. We're doing 25. Like, how do you determine who's doing what at what time? Yes, there is. There's usually like one person that's in charge of the account, right? Like one person that like tweets, like whatever is on the content calendar. And then like, basically like, it's a good, like, it's a big like Slack channel where I was like, hey, I'm about to tweet or like, oh shit, I just tweeted this. Like, I'm sorry. I was like, I know you were about to tweet. Like, I totally like, it's kind of like that really. Yeah, it's just humans. Just yeah. trying, just sending stuff out. Just, just trying, you know. I, I mean, like when the show is live, I would say that we had a pretty like solid content calendar of like things we knew people would react yep. to. But I would say like at least fifty percent of what we were doing was like real time, just someone like finding something funny and like, you know. Yeah. We told a lot of people to f off, and like that was like <laughs> our nice stress, I guess. What. <laughs> What moment surprised you that caught on with fans more than you thought it would? Mm, Do any jump to mind? The milk. The milk? Yeah. Like the I voice? Knew, yeah. I knew it was going to be big. I just didn't think like it was going to go like, like people really went like hard into it. Like it was, it was a lot. <laughs> so in your, in your strategy meetings, you're not like, let's go hard into this. No, I definitely wanted to do like a got milk type of like ad yeah. and there's a lot of things that we wanted to do, um, but COVID happened and we couldn't shoot a lot of things. So it was like, all right, well, like fans are going to see it anyways. Um, it was just interesting how quickly, like, it just, like, Ugh. resonated. And, like, it was, it's just disgusting. And, like, the things that they were doing with those memes, like, it was, <laughs> it was great. But it was fun. That's a good one. God, what a creepy show that I loved. I usually am not, a, like, creepy horror show type of a person. But this one just, this one got me. This was, this was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. We have a great question from the audience. Uh, Adam Ilinich. Do you know Adam? Love him. Love him. Great. Love you, Adam. That's it. Uh, so he wants to know how you develop these different brand voices. So at what part of the process do you start to understand how you're going to tweet from these different accounts and kind of how do you actually establish what that voice is? I think in every marketing campaign for a, like a, like entertainment, mm-hmm. um, the voice of the show, it's defined very early on. So like there, there's a specific, like we are, we are not type of thing. Like the, let's call it the basic tenants of the show, right? Yep, um, yep. And from there you can basically like start coming up with a strategy. For us, 
for something like the boys for example like i didn't do season one but like it was a very like very much like a billy butcher tone to like the account yeah and i just like i wanted to lean a lot more into that but in season two if you see like there's a lot of things that sound like butcher and there's a lot of things that sound like anyone with a foul mouth i guess would just like like treat yeah. you know so like i wanted to move more into like the relatable like i'm your bro type of thing more than like butcher um and that was Butcher's like harsh that's a harsh voice exactly. for that yeah and for people to like love you online you can't you can't tell that like it's awesome because like we could tell them to f off and they loved it even more but like yeah. we also had to be like relatable and like lovable every once in a while so we moved a little bit away from that and that was like i would say like 10 months before the show launched maybe that like we had to get like a whole strat like new strategy approved um for the show yeah for the voice itself yeah and then like you go through a lot of iterations of like what the content calendar would look like on that voice and like what are things that in those brainstorms that came up and you're like absolutely not this is not going to happen um it takes a lot of it's gonna be bad but like it takes a lot of trial and error to like get it right i'm sure yeah and then sorry there's a lot of like if if it's in if it's in world and it's like in the tone of a character there's a lot more involvement from like producers or like writers and things because they help you do that but then it takes a lot more processes and like approval yes. you know? so well that's a great segue to my next question i i'm so curious on this what are your how do you just send tweets out is there a review and approval process that goes into are there pre-approved responses because i feel like some of the best tweets i've seen from brand accounts couldn't possibly be, you know, they're like at 10 PM, they're not getting approval and they're just like spur of the moment. So how much do you have to get things approved before they go out? Not just at the boys or at Amazon, but you know, any of these companies. Well, if you think about it, like think about a content calendar, most of the things that are in the content calendar, you need to get like approved or like, or approved based on on, like basic guidelines, right? Um, Things are like riskier, you run it by a couple people and then there's those like one-offs, like what you're saying, like 10 p.m. tweets that you're like, hmm, fuck just it. fired off. <laughs> just, let's see what happens, type of thing. But like those, like you usually do when you're like very sure that it's going to work out. So like, remember yeah. like a year ago when Netflix was like, what was one bre- one thing you can do? Like you can tweet from your brand account and like whatever. Oh yes. Blew up. I don't. I I like. I should ask them. Like. I don't know if that was approved or not, but that like, could not have been approved. That was insane. That was insane. So like things like that, you know, like, I don't know. It's like, sometimes they're like pre-approved. Cause like, I can imagine like legal and other studios would go like wild yeah. over like, you know, studios interacting or like other brands interacting with your brand. But yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of the good, good tweets that really take off are not approved. Yeah. They're and just like, organic. This, like people don't get fired over like tweeting late at night. It's, bad. it's scary. Well, I mean, that's, you can tell that they're authentic and you're like, yeah. oh, this is, you, you know, there's a social media manager behind there that's just like giggling to themselves. And there's like, yes, I just did this. Exactly. And those are the best ones to be honest. Like there's a yeah. lot of things that I like, I would tweet and I would just like literally laugh to myself and like say yeah. like the other guys that had access to the account. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I had to type of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this is a question you don't have to answer, but it's from uh, Zach MacGyver, Zach Mc- McVick. McVicker. McVicker, so you know this person too. How many times have you typed fuck soups into a caption? So it's like, you get yeah, these, you know, know, it's the voice. Yeah, I, I, way too many. I like, 
that was the most interesting process of like this account, like the amount of times that I had to get approval to use the C word, for example, on yeah. assets. It was a lot. The one of the first, yeah, one of, I got in a lot of trouble once because like I didn't really like sunshine it. Like I just like ran it through like people that I knew were going to be like, oh yeah, yeah. it's fine with the tone. Yeah. I got into like some troubles, but like <laughs> uh, fuck soups on the caption, a lot, way too many. Fuck soups on replies, like two people, a lot. way too many. It's been <laughs> fun. It's been fun. I've never yeah. gotten to like people before. <laughs> I love that that's the tone of the show though. Um, yeah. Okay, so I've asked a few other social people this, uh, Paul Bay about the OKC Thunder, where he was talking about how he works with players to capture this social content. So I'm curious, how do you interact with the cast, with the producers, with the show themselves when you're putting this content together? Do they have to prove stuff? Do they have ideas that they want to get? Because you have a lot of great personalities on the cast. How do you kind of bottle that up and kind of reflect that on social? Because especially for like the boys I'm looking at Homelander, like him in real life. And uh, he's a totally different person. And I don't like it. I like, I don't like you, but you're just your normal person. Now you're not acting. So like, how do you interact with the cast when you're working on these different uh, campaigns? Um, it could be, it could be through a different chip through like, wait, like different channels, I guess. Like it could be through yeah. PR. It could be like you talking directly to them. A lot of times, like you're building content that, you know, you know they're going to like it's like the li the last thing you want i can assume with like players too it's like you know your players are your talent mad at you because you're like yeah. making them look bad right um so i guess i guess it would be like really similar you work with them and like trying to like explain to them why every once in a while you're gonna tell like anthony like homelander yeah. you're, gonna, you're just gonna be like fuck you and he's gonna <laughs> have to like be cool with it and it's yeah. not you don't like him you know because that's the role he bought into it's just, it's just the role he plays in our account. I'm sorry, my dog is going crazy. Oh, no, that's okay. I mean, you're talking about Homelander. It's scary. <laughs> right. Um, so I think, like, I think, like, the biggest role that you would play in this scenario with, like, talent and that would be, like, to make sure that they understand the strategy mm -hmm. uh, and that you understand who they are also, like, as a person and not a character. So when yeah. you're giving them content for them to post, you're building content around, like, what, they like and not what you need them to do right yeah yeah that makes sense is it is it are there some that are really good at it and like you totally get it and some you have to pull teeth a little bit from for sure for sure not naming names <laughs> no you don't know names you do not have to name names okay. yeah, it's... like there's like people that are like wonderful to work with and it's like the funnest thing you you could ever imagine and then yeah there's some other people that are hard like, yeah such as life but, it, but it's fair because at the end of the day like Think about like your own personal channels. Like you don't want to post things that are like hashtag like ad, you know? Yeah. It's, like, it's fair. I don't like, it, you know, I, I respect it. Yeah. That's, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's good when you like, we talked about uh, Steven Adams and that he was so fun to work with on the Thunder because he would just do like these little silly antics after practice every day, like throwing balls into the rack and he'd miss like 37 in a row and he'd make the last one and be like, first try. And they can just like bottle those little social moments up of the player personalities. And I'm sure you can do it with the cast as well. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, that's fun to see. And it's fun to see like, Hey, please post this. And like, it's funny to envision a social team, like harassing an actor to make sure to post on their channels. Well, like, yeah. And like, think about it this way too. Like a lot of times, like you give them content, but most of the times they're like shooting things on their own phones. Right. So they're yeah. shooting like the best BTS that you'll never get. Yep. Um, yep they're shooting like the greatest things. And like, 
like think about like comic cons and things like that for example like they're creating like the best content so a lot of times it's facilitating like a crew maybe for yeah. them to have like better quality content um so that's kind of when you come in like with the support more than anything i guess and I, just like you said it's it's helping them understand the strategy yeah. so when they do things like that they're they're already on board exactly exactly yeah. Uh, let's switch over to mental health and social. As you said, it's been a very hard year for social media managers. Any tips you want to give social media managers out there deal, dealing with trolls, dealing with nonstop 24 seven being online, your eyes bleeding from looking at a screen for too long. Uh, any, any tips you want to give to other managers out there? Uh, I, there's one specific because I had a really hard time with this and it's like the art of disconnecting. Like, What's, where, like turn off your phone, like, like put it away. Yeah. Just like walk away from everything for a minute, you know, like, but even, where do I get my dopamine then? Exactly. I don't, I don't honestly don't understand it either, but like, <laughs> work. Um, so like there was a time like towards the end of the boys where I was, I literally was sleeping like two hours a day just because like I wanted to be like reacting all the time and I, yeah. And you're so like, wired. You just get that constant positive feedback loop. And I was trying, and I honestly, like, I was really trying to not get the agency involved, like, after hours, because I felt bad that, like, someone had to work after hours. So it was, like, me, like, overnight, yeah. and then, like, waking up to, like, meetings anyways, you know? Um, so my advice would be try to get some sleep. Those eight hours of sleep a day are, like, it's amazing, like, how much better your brain works when you do get some rest. Yep. And other than that, like have fun. Like at the end of the day, like doing social, it's like about like having fun. When it stops being fun, then it's time to like move on. I guess. Move on to a new show. Yeah, exactly. Do a different voice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, a couple more questions before we close out here. Entertainment, I think, is you know one of the best in class of doing social. Everything we just discussed. So what can some other industries, like I'm in B2B, you know, there's some older industries, you know, in manufacturing that might not be as active on social media. What advice would you give to those industries on the power of social that you've learned from the entertainment industry? I think, I think it's, I think it's all centered around like building communities. It doesn't matter if like you're not doing entertainment marketing, like at the end of the day, like the, the people that are following you is because there's a common interest. So like finding ways to like, create a safe space for people to have conversations about that common interest or like you providing like that asset or that like call it like a photo or like a video where like people can like learn more about something and you do it in an entertaining way or like an informative way. Um, I think that's like a good lesson that you can take from um, entertainment in general, but could be applied to anything really. Should yeah. Any industry has a group of people that focus on it. So that's just what you can do. Exactly. Might not be on TikTok, but it could be some on some other channel that they're on. Well, think about it. Like you could be entertaining. Like, like I, I don't know. Think. Well, about I just that. had John Street on, and he does social for Cadence, which is like telecommunications, electrical engineer. Like I, I don't even, I don't even, can't even remember the industries because they're so technical. Yeah. But there's a place for it. There's a community there. Place for it. Yeah. Think about it. Like, Bert, when did Burger King and Wendy's and like Oreo would <laughs> become like? funny on twitter you know? seriously like the primo brands or the fast food restaurants right like when did that happen because they're not like a cheeseburger is not funny but they found a way to make it hilarious you know so, like, there's a way to talk to your audience and it doesn't have to be like super technical and like 
Christine, I guess. Yeah. So listen to them. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite channel to manage? Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Triller? Mm, I haven't done Triller yet, to be honest, but um, oh, damn, I think Twitter. Twitter's this, your favorite? I think this year, Twitter. Just because like it's one-on-one communication with the fans. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's actually like building a community. Like I think Instagram is really cool for like really good photos and videos and like creative as a whole, you know? But like on the connection point of the part of everything, Twitter has been my favorite this year. Yeah. I mean it just it builds community just like you said more than any platform. So TikTok seems to be seems to be coming for it a little bit. Yeah. Uh because of the com- TikTok comments are almost funnier than TikTok videos. Um, oh, and how people and how people interact with it. But yeah, Twitter is just, it's so underrated too because it's not one of the first advertising platforms you even think of. It's not. And it's not like if when you think about it from like an entertainment point of view, it's not the place where you go watch videos. It's not the place yeah. where you go, you know. So, but it's the fandom. It's like you're talking about. I want to have a conversation with the fans. Exactly. That's why, like, for this year's strategy, like, we leaned a lot into like text-only tweets Mm -hmm. because it was like they would over drive the conversation. Yeah, Yeah. it was just like a space where people like literally like I would tweet something like, "Tell us to fuck off," and like all of Twitter would like reply like, (laughs) "Great," you know, like (laughs) going with the show. Like it was, it was, yeah. Twitter was fun. Twitter is my favorite. Right Twitter now. has been really fun this year in general. As people, I've like stuck in my one bedroom apartment in Seattle. I just want to reach out to the community, and Twitter is where you can actually interact with people like that. Exactly. And no, I've met amazing people on Twitter this year. It's been, I mean, case in point. Here Us, we are. yeah, this is where we are. Um, okay, one more question for you. But before that, I just wanted to shout out Sprout Social Sprout Spotlight Awards. You are a finalist for Best in Class Social. Woo woo! Let's go. Yeah. I voted for you. Thank you. Don't tell uh, Adrian and like everyone else that. Just tell that <laughs> Sorry, Adrian. I didn't vote for you. I voted. I, I mean, this was before I knew you were coming on the podcast. So it wasn't even that biased, even though it was a tiny bit biased. Um, so just want to shout out. You're doing some amazing work and I'll have you do plugs right now, but I'm going to let you delay a little bit because the last question is always, what is your parting shot to the audience? So what is the one piece of wisdom that you want to communicate to everyone. It's a little bit of pressure. So that's why I'm doing plugs now. So your subconscious can work on an answer. Where can people find you vote for you on Sprout Social Awards? Uh, I'm at Matt Balda everywhere, literally everywhere. And Amazing. it's all so like, yeah, like find me everywhere. And I honestly don't know how to answer your question. What's uh, one piece of advice? Well, I've, it's been all over the place. I so what is your parting honestly, shot? I'll cue it up. This is not going to be like the greatest advice ever, but like, just have fun. I think like, I like at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, no one is going to die. If you don't send that to mm-hmm. like, don't, don't take it so serious. Have fun. Like, you know, you're just like engaging with people. And, like, I don't know. That's kind it's of like talking I, with your friends. Yeah. That's yeah kind the of parting shot. I'm having like a hard day, I guess. Yeah. And the parting shot is not a big deal, by the way, but that was a great one. I really liked that one. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Nat, thank you so much for coming on. That was a really fun conversation. Uh, And yeah, rate and review us. I always forget to say that too. Do you think people actually rate and review when you say rate and review? Well, I don't know. Let's try it. Where do you go? Like go rate and review. I don't know what it is. Like, I think I'm, this is audio. We're pointing, even though it's still audio. We're not good at this. We're pointing. Like 
click on the button. Click it. Just do five stars. It's fine. We did a good job. Great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nat. Thank you.